You've eaten Gotham's wealth, its spirit, but your feast is nearly over. This is not my hole. It's an operating table. And I'm the surgeon. Why aren't you laughing? From this moment on, none of you are safe. Welcome to the Batman Book Club, a podcast exploring the Dark Knight Library. I am your host, Ryan Lauer. The Batman Book Club is a proud member of the Batman Podcast Network, hosted by Batman on Film. Just go to batmanonfilm.com, click on podcasts, and you'll find the Batman Podcast Network that has a whole list of other Bat-related shows. They'll also love to dive into other nerdy subjects we all love to frolic about in our free time. Now, thank you for listening to episode number 136, Tom King's Batman Run. Joining me... And returning to the show, first time since exactly 30 episodes ago. Yeah, episode 106 from last year. Uh, we talked about his book, The Batcave Companion. It's Mr. Michael Cronenberg. Michael, welcome back to the show, and thanks for coming on. Oh, thank you for having me, Ryan. I really appreciate it. It was fun. Last time was fun, so I'm more than happy to be on again. That's good to hear. Uh, it's very important to me that the guests have just as much fun as I do talking about all this uh, bat bat-related goodness and it's kind of funny too because uh if you'd like to return to the show in the future i mean we've got to up the ante even more because i mean we're covering a lot of material we did last time like the whole bronze age of batman and this time we've got quite a task for covering too <laughs> yeah yeah this is tom's run on batman is record setting let's put it that record way. setting yes um uh, I don't I don't have any kind of uh, lead in talk. I just want us to get diving right into Tom King's Batman run. Now, for a lot of people, since this was semi, you know, recent history, uh, this was part of, you know, helped launch the Rebirth era. It was Batman issues number one through eighty five. Uh, released from June 2016 until December of 2019, obviously, written by Tom King. The artists, I mean, what a list of artists that also jumped in on this run. Uh, I mean, you've got, and I'll forget a few names, so I apologize. David Finch, uh, I always, Mikhail Janine, Janine, I'm not exactly sure. I apologize. Mikhail J. Joel Jones, Jorge Fornes, Tony Daniel, Mitch Goretz, Jason Fabic, Lee Weeks, Clay Mann, and there's plenty of others that I'm missing out on. Uh, his issues obviously were released like bi-weekly, physically, uh, digitally, later collected in trade paperbacks, released in six deluxe hardcovers, also available on DC Universe, Infinite, and my favorite app of all time, Hoopla. Michael, what... I guess what versions did you look over, read, et cetera, uh, and prep for this discussion? Well, I've, I stopped buying physical comics a long time ago because my mm -hmm. collection going back to the seventies has just become so big that, uh, I, I started doing digital, but digital yeah. comic, I was, I was getting, I was not getting his collect the, the collected editions of mm -hmm. Tom's run. Um, I was getting the, uh, the digital, issues as they came out and, and reading them um and i had uh i was not familiar with tom's work at marvel my introduction to his work was batman 
Mm-hmm. And um, I was, as it was going along, I was pretty blown away by it. Uh, mm-hmm. I thought it, uh, and I may have talked to you about this the last ep- last time we were on, um, that I think it's one of the, it ranks with the best of the Batman runs there are. And for me, you know, uh, the Batman run that really got me into comics and the reason I wrote and worked on uh, the Batcave Companion was Denny O'Neill and Neil Adams' run. Mm -hmm. Uh, As a kid, as a little kid, uh, that's what got me into comic books um, and really got me to appreciate comic book art and really start looking at comics more than just throwaway entertainment mm-hmm. um so for me it's like it's the denny o'neill adams run then it's it, it goes to S- steve Englehart, marshall rogers and terry austin uh then i i think it goes to frank miller and what he did with the dark knight returns and year one and then um i'm not i'm going to try not to forget anything uh, I think it go. I think it probably goes to the run that uh, Jeff Loeb and the the run for uh, Hush, for that, Hush. That, that Loeb and Lee did. Mm-hmm. Um, Grant Morrison's run on Batman, which I think is brilliant and is not discussed enough and is not recognized, I think enough. Um, and then after that, I'm. I'm uh, and this is just chronological. I would put Tom's Tom's run mm-hmm. of Batman. Um, it's good I company. Felt, I felt, and I and I and I told Tom this because he and I became pretty good friends. Um, and this was after I was reading the book. I didn't I I didn't know him before I started reading his 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 Batman. But I think he. What I loved so much about it was that he he gave Batman a soul. Uh, mm-hmm. He humanized Batman and Bruce Wayne. I think that previous writers had kind of missed the boat. And I you lost Bruce Wayne. Uh, there was years there where you just kind of lost Bruce Wayne. And the idea, I think the philosophical idea is that, you know, there is no Bruce Wayne. He's just a persona that it's, it's Batman. And I, I never quite agreed with that. Uh, that's not how Denny O'Neill approached it. That's not how um, Steve Englehart approached it. Um, but I think what I saw, what Tom did, Grant Morrison also, was that Bruce, it's Bruce Wayne and, and Batman is one of his personas. Uh, and I think that when you look at specifically even the relationship between Selena Kyle and, and, and Bruce Wayne, uh, that is kind of the running theme throughout his run is that love mm-hmm. story. Um, and he kind of brought Bruce Wayne back. Uh, that's how, that's how I felt about it. You know, uh, also the, the, the issue where he's the juror on the Mr. Freeze trial mm-hmm. also, you know, the, it's just that emphasis on who Bruce Wayne was and that he humanized Batman and, that's the thing we love about Batman is that he's unlike the other superheroes. There aren't, he has no powers, you know, yes, he has all these great toys and these great gadgets and he's a multimillionaire billionaire. 
Um, but he's still human. And that's kind of what I felt got lost. Um, and that Tom kind of brought back. I, I completely agree. And I can get into some more specifics. Um, so you read you read these, I guess, first off, I guess I could say the format I read was uh, I, I waited. So I read these digitally as they came out, but I was waiting and, and they released, I think, the first deluxe edition rather quickly. And I said, oh, that's the format that I want for this. So apparently they're just going to release these all in deluxe edition. They were doing it for the other DC superheroes, too. And so, yeah, this it was a long journey. Didn't know if we'd get there all the way, but they released all six deluxe edition Batman, Tom King Batman books. Uh, they look wonderful. And I I did the undertaking and I reread all of them, actually, uh, November and December. <laughs> Took me about a month, month and a half. But by golly, I read them all. Uh, and you already answered that you read you read these as they came out, uh, as did I. But when we got done talking at the last the last time uh, I'd asked if you'd like to come back on the show and you said, yeah. And, and as always, I asked like, well, is there something in mind you want to talk about? And you said like pretty fast Tom King's Batman run. So what is it? And you might've just actually answered this question, but why did that just like spring to mind as opposed to a Denny O'Neill, Neil Adams story or uh, some, I think, We've covered almost all Frank Miller's stuff. (laughs) I think what he did was he he kind of he reinvigorated my love of comics. I mean, Batman was always my favorite character growing up. Sure, the reason I I wrote that book. In fact, the the Batcave Companion was how Tom and I became friends. He Mm. he, I had found out from someone else. I didn't know him. I I mean, I knew him only from reading his stuff and really enjoying his work. But someone told me I was actually on a pod on someone else's podcast talking about my book. And they said, you know, Tom King has your book. And he's like, it's like by his side when he was like writing, <laughs> he, was, he was using it for research. And so I didn't know that. Um, and that was my way of reaching. How'd that make you feel? <laughs> it was, I was, I felt great. You know, that yeah. was, that was fantastic. Um, mm-hmm. Especially considering that at that time he was in the middle of his run and I was really enjoying it. And I thought it was great. Um, and it made me want to re I, I reached out and, actually invited him to the film war uh, festival that I worked at uh, in, in Washington, DC for the organization I worked for. Um, and that's kind of how we met and became friends. But um, because I did see noir mm-hmm. in these stories, I did recognize that um, a noir aspect that hadn't been there before Um at least within the last several years of Batman stories. Uh, and I found out that Tom was a big fan of film noir. Um, the reason he wanted to come, he came to the, he ended up coming to the festival. And it was like the thing that kind of tied us together, uh, our friendship uh, was the our mutual love of film noir. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, I love seeing these things in his stories that I recognized from, from certain movies in particular too. Um, I wanted to make sure that before we were done, that I kind of pointed out a few of them because I think they're great. Um, oh, that was gonna, but, that's what I was going to ask. I don't know if you've tipped the hand before in mentioning something, or maybe it was just, uh, I, 
I know I follow you on Twitter and you did post a, a picture. Maybe this is uh, last year, 2021, maybe it was last year of you and Tom and like some noir film noir festival. You've mentioned we were, with film yeah, noir we and stuff. In, in October, we were in DC together. In okay. Last October. Uh, we hadn't gone. It was, it had been like two years. We we've gone to this is this, this would be the third that we were at in October. Okay. Third time at the festival in DC. Cause he lives in DC area. Gotcha. Um, and I, I lived in the DC area for 20 years. Uh, but his his current series of Gotham City Year One is just oozing noir. So exactly. And and he he ripping. said to me, he told me <laughs> he told me that 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 this is the most noir comic that he's ever done. And, and yeah, I absolutely agree. It, it absolutely is. Um, and we've talked about it in our wrap up episodes uh, the past three months, and how uh, me and Buddy P are massive fans. We love. Uh, what he's what he's doing with it do you have anything off the top of your head that you could name of like some of these noir moments that you think in in the batman run that he did that jump out because i that was on my mind as i did like a reread and i know there's a few instances but i, I think well one in particular and I, I had to call him on it was when, mm-hmm. when not the last time we were together but a couple of years ago uh was in the nightmare sequence mm-hmm. when um the question is uh interrogating selena kyle mm-hmm. okay. that is straight, yeah. that's straight out of the movie laura oh okay which is one of the great film noir movies uh 1946 i believe um and uh if dana andrews uh uh and um I can't think of the act. Anyways, there, there's there's a, there's a scene in that from that movie. If anybody is familiar with the movie Laura, where Dana Andrews is, there, there's there's a scene with Dana Andrews and I, actresses, of course, left me. But I can't believe how she's left me. It's ridiculous. <laughs> but um, anyways, uh, that is one in particular. The, there's some other things that are beyond noir also. Um, there's and we i mentioned this to you before we started um started the actual podcast was the 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 series um where bruce wayne is a juror uh and uh cold days yes yeah uh as soon as i read that and i don't even think i i don't think i knew tom at the time so i didn't Mm -hmm. even I, i didn't even talk to him about this until after uh but as soon as i read it it was like oh this is 12 angry men and Yes, uh, exactly. It's Henry Fonda. I can thank um, sophomore, my sophomore year in high school. That's when we watched 12 Angry Men. Yeah, which is a fantastic film. It's not noir, but it's a fantastic The yeah. actress I'm thinking, I was thinking of that between uh, Question and Selena Kyle is Dana Andrews and Gene Tierney and, and, and Laura. Mm-hmm. So uh, if anybody um, is listening to this and has never seen Laura, uh, highly recommend it. Uh, it pops up on TCM quite a bit on uh, the Noir Alley uh, Film Noir Show, which is uh, hosted by my my good friend and my boss Eddie Muller. <laughs> um, uh, and then the other the other thing uh, from movies that I really loved that he did was the uh, uh, the Flashpoint Batman. Uh, mm-hmm. has kidnapped bruce wayne and dra- 
he's on horseback and he's dragging a coffin mm-hmm. through the desert. And that, I don't know if Tom got that this from this, but it's a pretty famous, you know, film image. And that is the movie Django, uh, which is a spaghetti Western. I don't know if you the know original. That. Not the, the Django Unchained. Django. <laughs> not Django Unchained. Not the not the it's Quentin Tarantino based yeah. Django Unchained on he loosely based it on the original movie Django, which is 1964 film by Sergio Carpucci. Uh and it's a spaghetti western. I don't know if you're familiar with you know the genre of spaghetti westerns. A little but, bit. Um and Django, the character of Django, is dragging a coffin. Kind of through a desert landscape to this town. Um, now, what's in the ends up being in the coffin um, is uh, is a is a machine gun. It's a giant machine gun. <laughs> um, but that imagery is so iconic, especially mm-hmm. to westerns and to film. Um, that as soon as I saw that on the cover and I saw that on the panels, it was like immediately. That's the thing I'm thinking of is Django, which is which is considered one of the great uh spaghetti westerns ever and it was very influential on sergio leone also so it's always appreciated um an extra props to whether it be writers or artists that do so there's three examples that you just gave right there of nods to older films that you can come at two so i don't i don't know laura you do know laura but we both got something out of out of that now in the sense of you instantly recognized it and it was like, Oh my gosh, this is just like Laura. And it's, there's like a, it draws you in for someone on my perspective, when that ends up becoming um, a parent, you know, pointed out and, and everything, it makes, the, you know, makes me now, Oh, I need to go watch that movie then. And it just, it, it, and when that stuff happens and then 12 angry men, which seemed like probably of your three examples was probably the most recognized from from a lot of readers that i saw at least in the space talking mm-hmm. about it um but it's recognized and it's appreciated and then now like you said with django and i just i i do really appreciate that when that happens in mediums but especially like in comic books and it's not you know it's not ripping off or it's doing the exact same thing but it's oh this is inspiration influenced by which makes you only want to track down the source material yeah, and it, so you're and broadening your not, horizon. <laughs> right, exactly. And Tom's not the first person to do it, but to be honest sure. with you, I don't know of many people who are doing it right now, or many mm-hmm. writers who are doing that right now. Um, and that's what makes his stuff so... That's why I like his stuff so much. Mm-hmm. That's why it... I mean, in addition to what I was saying and how his approach to Bruce Wayne and Batman was so great. Um, and uh, the other thing is that Batman and Elmer Fudd Mm-hmm. Which is so funny because when that was announced and they that was part of DC, DC's, uh, I guess, teaming up the Looney Tunes character. The Looney Tunes, yeah. yeah. And I'm thinking, okay, you know, <laughs> nothing, against, nothing against what DC's doing. I mean, I, I get it, but it's like, okay, nothing big. But when I saw what Tom and Lee Weeks did, yeah, it was a fantastic. And that has more film noir reference in it from just the atmosphere and such, you know, the femme fatale, which is Silver mm-hmm. St. Cloud and um, 
there's more in that than anything else. And what was interesting was, you know, I interviewed Tom for, um, and I've talked to Tom many, many times anyways, but just as friends. And we, we, in the interview I did with him in North city magazine, which is the magazine I designed for the film Noir foundation. He, um, talked about how he watched a marathon of film Noir movies before he wrote it. And because he didn't know what the approach was going to be. And that ended up being the idea that he had. So, He's really got a great creative mind uh, mm -hmm. when it comes to coming up with these stories. And um, the quality of writing in that in this Batman run also, I, I wasn't able to reread every story. It's, it's just it's, it's just so much. Mm -hmm. it, um, it was daunting. I had but I had, you know, I'd already read all of them. Um, but just looking over it again and just reading bits and pieces of it the quality of writing is just outstanding i mean mm -hmm. he's, he's really, really uh for me he's the, he's he's my favorite writer and that has nothing to do with him being a friend he's my favorite writer in comics right now yeah uh his name's attached and i just said to you before i hit record on this even of i just finally got to strange adventures uh, i loved it i had no knowledge on the character i knew what he looked like and that's about it and well, Strange was... Adventures is also he, he based Strange Adventures on a on a on a film or a movie. <laughs> Which one? And he, the he, um he the act of violence hmm. with Robert Ryan. Okay. Uh that whole idea of, of um Mr. Terrific and 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 Adam Strange. That mm -hmm. that how they play off Stems each other. From what's, that. what's going on with that? He based that off. It's it's a science fiction version of active violence. Um, and then, of course, the human target, which is fantastic. And I think it might be the best thing Tom's ever done. Um, that is based on the film noir movie DOA. Mm, OK, I don't know if you've read any of if you've started reading the human target. I started, but I think I want to wait a couple more months so that I don't have to wait. You know what I mean? Of like once that final yeah, issue yeah, no, is available, that would be great. Read because it's 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 it finishes after twelve issues. I mean, it's it's yeah. over after twelve issues. I um, just I'm I'm waiting long enough. I think the ninth issue just came out, and so it is like I can hang on. I can hang yeah, on for they, two more months and then just breeze through. It's fantastic. Uh, I I read the Human Target. I don't want us to go off. I know this is about Batman. But <laughs> the, the Human Target actually was. I started reading the Human Target as a kid because he was the backstory in detective comics in the seventies. Mm -hmm. So that's how I became familiar with the human target. But DOA is, uh, is one of the great original film noir movies. And the story is guy shows up to <laughs> police station and said, I've been murdered. <laughs> you know, he's been poisoned and mm -hmm. he's got so many, so many days to live not 12 like mm. you know, tom scott but um that's the basis it's a, it's a fantastic you know it's a fantastic premise that's been done with other things i mean i've read other i've read other comics God, i was just sure. reading a comic not that long ago and it and they used the same type of premise of um and i maybe i'll remember what it was uh of being poisoned finding who killed you you're going to die and finding out who your murderer is uh, the art in um human target by greg smallwood is unbelievable 
I yeah, I've seen some of the images with that, and that's why I'm. I don't want to say hurry up issue eleven, but um, I can't wait. Yeah, <laughs> there you go. I'll hang in there. So as far as something that you really touched on early on when we started talking was definitely almost like the almost like the very humanistic approach to Batman slash Bruce Wayne that Tom King did in his run. And I think that's uh I don't know, it's very apparent, uh especially in once Catwoman is brought into the the title and and that's kind of to me of almost like the hook for I think that is going to end up and I know that it basically ended with a book literally called Batman Catwoman but that's you know Tom King's run it's like summarized it's oh Batcat that's a term now Batcat yeah, but I it think became, it, it's exactly it it's never been done to this extent um his Batman run it came it gave an ending which uh I think Scott Snyder had said before that Grant Morrison gave him uh, advice when he first got started on Batman of he might have said give your hero a beginning and an ending, but he at least definitely said an ending. And I think that does help make something kind of not definitive as if Batman can't go on and nobody else can take it over. But it's like there is a full story here in King's Batman. Oh, absolutely. And the the thing that you kind of walk away, you come away with um, from even reading it the first time, but really going over it and looking at it a second time is how well planned he Mm -hmm. had it all. Yeah. When he started this, this book, he knew exactly how it was going to go. I mean, he had a plan of how this was going to start. I'm sure, you know, there were probably detours along the way of as you're writing in the creative process but mm-hmm. um it was going to end at that point uh that where bat cat batman catwoman goes but even the way it ends with the flashpoint batman mm-hmm. and I, getting back to that was is that that was so stunning to me when i was reading it yes um that and I didn't. It's it's so funny because I didn't catch that he, the Flashpoint Batman is in set a couple of panels before that, and I even noticed that there was a Batman in there, but I had no idea that that was. It didn't. It didn't register to me, and it caught me by it caught me by surprise when he did that, and when that one issue. That's that's that. The, I think that's a trilogy, a story, a trilogy, um, a mini trilogy with the penguin. Uh, and the penguin is kind of uh, mm-hmm. beholding to Bane, but also to the Flashpoint Batman. But that ending where he's behind Bruce Wayne Batman uh, took me by such surprise. And it was so great. I loved it so much because I hadn't felt that, honestly, since when I read uh hush and it was first out mm-hmm. and i loved it I, I loved what Loeb and lee did i love that they put it into the regular batman book and that the surprise of um of uh uh robin being alive yeah and that he is possibly hush they end the story that way um sure you've read it mm-hmm. and i remember re- getting the issues and reading that and being shocked by that and being just like, Oh my God, I can't wait for the next issue. 
And I felt the same way when the Flashpoint Batman pops up. I thought that it was brilliant. And what I also thought was great was that Tom then took a break and the whole nightmares sequence. Oh my God. Okay. You know, so I so got frustrated as a reader at that point. I'm I telling you, people, I know a lot of people were, and you know, maybe, maybe it, it, it went on a little <laughs> too long, but I thought it was great how he left you hanging, you know, cause it's like, Oh God, I can't wait. But you know, he was doing it a lot. And I liked how he did a lot of experimentation in the nightmare sequence. Mm-hmm. Um, so, but I just had to say that, you know, it was stuff like that, that really got me excited about the run and and what he was doing and the art. Yeah. I even said to him, I said, how did you, how did you manage to land all these excellent artists doing your work? Because to be honest, for me, a story is not going to be complete and it's not going to really resonate with me unless the art is really good too. Mm-hmm. And he just had consistently great art. Um, and even at the end where he's, he had uh, Jorge and like Lee Weeks working together and it's like going on and off. Yeah. You would think that maybe that wouldn't work. You'd have two artists on a book and, you know, they're, they have different styles and they're working on a book and it's supposed to be a seamless thing, but it worked beautifully. I thought. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Definitely. Uh, I, so the point of how you'd said of it went as planned in, so it was exciting. It was very exciting to follow along, uh, as I did from the first issue. I was so happy also that it was, you know, twice a month. Uh, I don't know if Tom thought that it was a lot of fun because that's a lot of work, work, (laughs) but as a reader, as a fan, I was like, I loved that. And of course, that makes it better when the when the material is good and I'm enjoying it. But looking back on it now, it's really exciting. I almost categorize it in three three acts in which I don't think that I'm, you know, discovering something nobody else has or said or anything. But it's like there's pre-wedding, there's wedding and then post-wedding. And pre-wedding was very fun to me, especially in this reread, because it does kind of feel like you're just getting a bunch of uh, kind of fun and a variety of Batman stories, you know. Um, But then as you reread and you know where it's going, it's like, okay, well, we get Selina back, you know, introduced, I think, in like issue nine or ten. And then she's a through line the rest of the way. So that thread is like, that's where it started. And it just carries through all the way until the end, but you're still getting these Bane stories. You're getting a, you know, a one issue swamp thing story. You're getting war of jokes and riddles. Then you're getting um, a Talia story. Then you, then Batman and Selena meet Lois and Clark and go to the fair, you know, for a couple of issues, then wonder woman's introduced. Then it's a poison. Ivy. you know what I mean? It's so he it's got such a, a variety he, of stories. He fit a lot in. He fit a mm-hmm. lot in. Like you're saying, I, I I completely agree. He fit a lot in. He fit a lot of characters in. I mean, he even got Tweedledum, Tweedledee in there. He got yeah. Captain, <laughs> he got, he got uh, what was it, Captain Stingeray in there. He got Kite Man in there. You oh, know? yeah. And, uh, it was, and, but also, he also had a lot of dark stuff in there. Uh, mm-hmm. The War of Jokes and Riddles was very, very dark. Mm-hmm. Uh 
the Bane stuff, some of the Bane stuff is very, very dark, but he was able to offset it, which is really nice. He offset it with like what you're talking about, the double date with, with Superman and Lois Lane. Mm -hmm. um, uh, Swamp Thing, which is a self-contained story, it's pretty dark. Um, mm -hmm. you know, uh, in the end, it, at first it isn't, and then it becomes that. But he has these lighter moments with the family and with like a, a, the introduction of Ace, um you know. oh what a wonderful story i think that was in the first annual right. that was good good boy the, right. the the origin story of ace and yeah that's fantastic and right Tom, well, you, tom's a dog guy he's got dogs uh he's got oh, yeah his dogs. his, his twitter is always entertaining yeah, no. whatever it is whatever the dog has and he's like this is not your this is not her and then whatever if that's always so, entertaining um Welcome to Batburger. You said some light material. I love the fact right. that you made he, the yeah, Batman he restaurant. The, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so, you know, there, there's enough of that to kind of to ease up. You don't want it to be just nothing but dark. Mm -hmm. And uh, But there's a, there is there is a lot of dark stuff in there. I mean, the whole thing with the Russian assassin, um, which is a fantastic story. And I I talked to him at length about this and the, and, and the poem, the Russian poem that he has oh that, my gosh and the russian or the not the poem the russian story the story the animal and the, the animals that, that, oh, that, that holy that crap through it so <laughs> um you know and you even get you know in the um the story about uh bruce wayne being the the juror you know you have mm -hmm. batman's questions about religion and god uh yeah. you know so he put in and he pulled in a lot of things that you just don't see and like i said i think that i love grant morrison's run um for me the next great run is 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 is, is tom's and i really there are aspects about stuff that was published in batman in the batman regular batman con there's mm -hmm. some issues i like here and there before in between morrison and and, and tom but for the most part, I didn't think it worked. It didn't work for me. Um, uh, but his stuff really resonated with me. Um, mm -hmm. I thought it was, was was really great. What I categorized with the wedding portion of this act. So yeah, at the beginning, there was a lot of Bane, which I do appreciate because I think Bane is a tough character to come up with some new material because he's known for he's the one who broke Batman. And then it, it just it did feel at least to me of like well now what do we do and uh i really i, I love the dark knight rises i'm glad they used bane and he was tom hardy did a great job with bane in that but i do feel like there is a little bit of that stuck with Batman. Well, what do you do with bane other than he just comes in and destroys something you know what i mean like add a little bit more to him and it almost seemed like that became a focal point for king of how important bane was to his overall run and i think that he made Bane powerful, uh, scary, methodical, and like merciless. And very, um, oh, I just had the term and I lost it. Of uh, A strategist, you know? In, a strategist, yeah. Um, I, I think. Strategist, what am I doing? <laughs> a strategist. Uh, he, he, um, you know, he he decided to use he decided to use Bane as the main villain um, mm -hmm. of this entire piece. But you know, the Flashpoint Batman is 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 pretty much just as important because that mm -hmm. 
at the end of it, when you find out that Thomas Wayne is sitting there and watching everything that yeah. Bruce Wayne is doing, he's watched, he watched everything because there's, there's, and I've got what issue that's in where he's watching him do everything. I, I, I can't recall which one it is, but I think uh, it is the fall and the fallen, which is uh, so it'd be like issues 71 or 72. And then the preceding one is where he's hauling him in the casket across the desert. No, I, actually, I think the, the explanation of showing him actually came after that. It's right. It's right towards the end when. Oh, he, the finale. That one. Yeah, when oh, okay, the okay, finale gotcha. when he's 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 finally going to defeat him. Yeah. OK, um, gotcha. And, you know, that all along. You know, and it, it, it it's things like that that makes you want to go back and reread this stuff, you know, because mm-hmm. there's a new light on it. Um, and the other thing you were talking about, Bane, and I loved how Tom juxtaposed the, the Bane as a child and Bruce Wayne as a child. Yeah. You know, and how they both are orphans and they're environments were so very very different but they were both very very driven children they became very driven children in different ways um so i think that's one of the the things that he brought to bane that we hadn't really seen before not that he reinvented the origin of bane but he drew that similarity and that 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 symbolic link between bruce wayne and bane uh that we really hadn't noticed before. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and even made it like they didn't not it didn't jam it down your throat. But they did that great of each page of like panel by panel. You know, even going through. Yeah, um, that's exactly what I'm talking about. It, it's, I, it's actually I love it's actually that. they're they're juxtaposed on the page. So yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. it's they're literally it's, <laughs> exactly. Um, the other thing I wanted to point out was that that was very is very film noir like was City of Bane, which was the the mm-hmm. villains take over the town, and they're running the town. And that um, there's a couple of movies that are actually, and they're based actually on fact. Phoenix the the Phoenix City story, which is uh, I'm trying to remember where Fe- where Phoenix City is, what what town. But anyways the. It was being run literally by gangsters uh, and the mob was running that city. And when I was reading, when I started reading City of Bane and that's how it's kind of set up, you know, um, mm-hmm. and, you know, you've got the, the, you know, what was it? The Joker and who else are, are sitting Riddler. there? Like Riddler pr- patrolling the streets, you know, patrolling it and, um I I don't remember catching it the first time I read it, and then in this read through, um, I'm trying to make sh- see if I can flip back enough. Then they cut to <clears throat> inside the GCPD, and they're throwing they're throwing darts at Bullock. Mm-hmm. There is a there is a Brooklyn Nine Nine nod that I you know it just got me giddy. Because okay, see, uh, I've never even watched that television show, so I, I'm a I huge fan. I'm a huge fan of that show, but I think it was you know like the like the nameplates. Yeah, so there's a detective Santiago and detective Peralta, and those are 
Detective Peralta is Andy Samberg in the show. Um, but they, you know, in in the panel, Riddler and Joker are sitting there and they have written over and so over Peralta's is Joker and over Santiago's Riddler's. But you know, for me, I'm just like once I saw that, I'm like, holy crap, that's Brooklyn Nine Nine. So then I start to analyze of like, I think the layout is just like Brooklyn Nine Nine. Oh my gosh, this is brilliant. You know, that adds so that's where I got my like noir kicks that you've gotten out of it. <laughs> that was my version. Oh, it's Brooklyn yeah, Nine-Nine. So that's awesome. great. See, I, I never noticed that. I didn't notice that because I did, <laughs> I've never seen that show before. But um highly recommended. Um anyway, I, I just uh I thought I I liked what he did with City of Bane and how he had the uh criminals turn it over. And you know, the 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 thing is is that when I first started reading his rebirth from the first issue and Mm -hmm. david fincher's art is great Mm -hmm. i really didn't i wasn't i didn't get what he was doing with gotham and gotham girl and i was a little at first i'm honest, i don't think i've even said said this to tom but I, i was a little put off by it because it was like why are we having these superpowered characters here it's like you know i like my i like my gotham city and Batman gritty and real. Um, yeah, that's my preference. But it all made sense in the end. Mm-hmm. See, because he had a plan and what ends up happening with Gotham Girl and what, and you know, and the whole thing, I mean, everything was planned out by Bane and by um, Flashpoint Batman working with him. I mean, even down to how Batman had to save that jet. Mm-hmm you know, from crashing. Yeah. And he needed the help of Gotham. Um, so in the end, something that I didn't understand at first that I'm reading at first, it just shows you that it's like, you, you have to give something time, you know, yeah. you, you, you can't have to, you have to wait and let the story play out. And the way it played out in the end, you know, she ends up being, more of a daughter to Thomas Wayne, the Flashpoint Batman, mm-hmm. than Bruce Wayne is a son to him. You know, there's a there's a real relationship there. Um, there's a kind of a loving relationship between the two of them. Um, that's not that's not there between you know that Thomas Wayne wants to have with, with Bruce Wayne. The whole reason he's doing all of this is to get him to stop being Batman. Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah, so it's, I, it's totally it's completely misguided of course and then you know sure. the whole thing with the whole thing with um booster gold and you know the idea of like oh man if there's no if there's no batman and that gets back to a film reference also it's a wonderful life which is you know which we mm-hmm. all know about you know most people know about um mm-hmm. so that's so, you, so you're bringing up three different um topics that i i can i mean we can fire through quick so Let's see. I'll, I'll save Catwoman uh, until until the end. So, the city of Bane. I'll just go there first. I feel like that. I only read it when it came out, and I hadn't reread it since because I was waiting for the deluxe edition. They released a trade paperback of City of Bane, and I said no because that's a trade paperback. I'm waiting for the deluxe hardcover that matches all the rest. And they finally released it. And so this was only my second time of reading City of Bane, but the first time reading it all together. 
And I think this is like an exceptional epic. Um, the comparisons to Dark Knight Rises are are definitely uh, valid, and I can see them. I think this is almost a grander scale than Dark Knight Rises, but that's a different medium. It's kind of uh, not fair to to really compare. Um, but I do I love because it's it's deeper than just Bane took over Gotham. Batman's got to go stop him. You know, there's a lot more elements than just that. I love the buildup to get to that point and how much of it, like the, you mentioned, oh, you mentioned uh, the Penguin story and how Penguin tipped Batman off that Bane's running everything from inside Arkham. And then it becomes, you know, paranoia and Batman Mm -hmm. questioning is Batman just, is he nuts here? He can't be because he's Batman. He clearly has his reason, but everybody else is being duped and everything is there as if proving like, no, Batman, you're wrong here. It's where he even punches Jim Gordon, like his biggest ally. (laughs) Right. And there's there's that wonderful moment where Bane is is has been beaten up by Batman and he's Mm -hmm. laying in his bed and he's smiling. It's like Mm -hmm. he has set he's the mastermind who's who has set up all of this, everything from the first issue of this rebirth run that he did was all part of Bane's plan. Mm -hmm. Um, And eventually how, I don't know what issue the flashpoint Batman comes into it, but you know, he comes along for the ride and he's working with him also. Um, But it's all, all Bane's plan. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, I also liked how Tom, it's not easy to take Batman out of Gotham. And make it work. Uh, Denny yeah. O'Neill was able to do it really well, I thought. Uh, and we talked about this before when we talked about uh, Bronze Age Batman and 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 Denny O'Neill's run, where you know his first story with Batman with with Neil Adams, the de- uh, which was a horror story where Batman, I think they're in Spain, um, and so it really worked great. And then he was able to do that whole. Um, thing with Rachel Ghoul, you know, mm-hmm. where he goes to, you know, uh, he goes to the Alps and he's climbing in the Alps and he goes to his secret headquarters and he goes to the desert and, you know, that's Batman being taken out of his element and it worked really well and it still holds true to who Batman is. Tom did that really well in this, in this series because I mean- he takes Batman out of his element. I thought you were. I thought you were going to bring up the. It's almost like the the demon trilogy. Mm-hmm. Um, and those are those are good stories. And birth of the demon. Uh, perhaps Norm Brayfogle's best work. Um, uh, you know, and, and granted that's a Rosal Cole story. Um, but I mean, Batman is out of his element, out of Gotham, and I love that story. So yeah, though I prefer that's... Batman and Gotham, yeah, there are moments that it works really well, and I wouldn't, I wouldn't envy a writer who is taking him out of Gotham. It's not it's not easy to do and keep mm-hmm. and keep true to keep keep it true to Batman. Yeah. Which is what um what he was able to do, what Denny O'Neill was able to do. Um I think Denny O'Neill wrote that Ray Fogel um mm-hmm. Batman story. That was the that's the origin of Rachel Ghoul. Mm-hmm. Um so you know there are other times where Batman is taken out of Gotham and and it works. Uh I think there are some stories in Legends of the Dark Knight that work well. Um, 
and uh, Bob Haney, some of Bob Haney's crazy stuff on Brave and the Bold uh, mm-hmm. takes definitely takes him out of his element. And 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 Bob Haney being Bob Haney, he was a great writer and he was able to make that work great. Um, thanks to Jim Aparo, who was a great artist. But anyways, Tom packed in, the point is Tom packed in so much into this. And it is a, it, it's a lot of pages as, as mm-hmm. you reference. I mean, you're talking about these hardcovers that end up being three to 400 pages each. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, so there's a lot of stories. Uh, he, I, I, I'm pretty sure he holds the record for writing the most Batman stories ever. Um, and it's you know it's a bi-weekly I'm sure it was a grind it wasn't easy yeah. um, the city of Bane alone was uh, 11 issues woo <laughs> woo but yeah, I mean, that's I mean, a what a conclusion worth, to that's the a, that's a year's worth of comics mm-hmm. you're nor- normally I mean you're, you're talking about 11 that would normally be 11 months of comics mm-hmm. um, and it ended up being it ends up being what over five months right it's half the time so yeah yeah uh a major element of that so as you referenced to was thomas wayne batman who i think it's fair to say was the the standout in the original flashpoint series uh oh yeah that's that story and and they did the they did the um i think they did the one issue standoff about him also oh the, the three issues of brian azarello and Right. Eduardo Russo? Russo. Russo. I think I always say Russo. I don't know why. Um, um those are that great. story, which is excellent. Yeah, it was so good. And I think fans were, you know, this is a like this is a that Batman was a hero. He was just in a really dark world and had to go to some lengths and some extremes that Bruce Wayne Batman didn't have to, but I think us fans were were fans. So I don't I think he was at the end of the wedding issue, number 50. Uh, he is, you know, he is with on the, to the side of Bane when it's that group shot of villains uh, on that last page. And I remember that was, it wasn't alone. Everybody thought of like, hey, is that Flashpoint Batman? And yeah, it was a big, what the hell? That was what I saw that. And I didn't know what it was. I hmm. couldn't figure it out. I said, what the fuck is that? Is that, yeah. <laughs> excuse, my, excuse my language, but. I, you know, is that is that like a mannequin? Is it a statue of Batman? That's and he didn't about? answer it right away. And I couldn't figure it out. It I, I I missed it completely, and that's why I ended up getting caught by surprise. And what's funny mm-hmm. is that when when the 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 story, the mini story, the button that yeah. that Tom did within, mm-hmm. which includes the Flashpoint Batman, you're watching him team up the Flashpoint Batman. Flash flash and batman team up and you want more of that it's like oh mm-hmm. man i want more of flashpoint batman i really want to see more of Flashpoint. he was batman. he was a hero in that little mini right. you know and those he, four issues too right and he he dies you know or we don't know what happens to him it seems like he dies and his world dies his world ends and you think, oh, it'd be great to see more of him. And it's like, little do you know, he's, he, yeah. he will be back. And <laughs> oh, he's coming. back with a vengeance. And I think that it's brilliant because he's a bastard in this run. 
but you under and I'm not one that fully under that fully agrees or thinks that every villain that you need to have some kind of sad sappy parts so you can understand where they're coming from. Some villains I think just need to be, they're just villains. I don't need to know the inner workings or anything. It's like they're just a villain. But this what this is definitely a case where it does work in what he's trying to accomplish because I feel like his life you know, he was reflective in in other moments that we saw. So in the button and in the original Flashpoint series and that spinoff series of, you know, he's reflective of his life once he lost Bruce and then lost Martha, that he sees the repercussions of that. So he's trying to protect his son now that he actually has a son again. And he's trying to get him like, you need to stop. You're not Batman. Stop being ba-. like he's trying to prevent it. So he's very, to me, it was almost very similar of some of the best villains. Like Razagul, what he wants to accomplish, like it's not that far off from like the good guys. His methods are just bad. But it, what kind of like there's something there that is that I think it, sometimes, you know, that it's okay, I can see that, but you're just doing it the wrong way. And I feel like Thomas Wayne, like, that's exactly it. He wants to protect his son, but he's going about oh, yeah. it he's, all he's the wrong it. ways. <laughs> he thinks he's doing the he's doing the best thing for his son as a father. Yeah. He's doing the best thing for his son. It it it, it ends up being twisted, but mm-hmm. the thing that adds so much to it is that it's the father son thing. You know, mm-hmm. and we all as sons, <laughs> mm-hmm. as daughters, it's that parental thing that goes on it's that dichotomy it's that relationship of your parent and add to that that yes he's yes he's thomas wayne but he's not really bruce wayne's parent he's bruce wayne's parent but from an alternate universe Mm -hmm. and um so there's a lot um there's a lot of underpinnings and there's a lot of stuff going on there in addition there's a lot of layers there which makes it more interesting than it being just any other villain you know Mm -hmm. it's very personal and that gets back again to the humanity of bruce wayne that tom has brought back the humanity of batman the soul of batman that that we have you know um you you mentioned too of so it was so let's see here the tyrant wing so issues 58 to 60 um was the penguin stuff we mentioned a little bit earlier and that's where that that third issue ended with alfred on the floor and he says Mm -hmm. you know your father and then it is like what we still at that point we didn't know what flashpoint batman was up to uh, then we had nightmares and everything, but then we picked up later of the fall on the fall. And like you'd mentioned ch- carrying the, the casket uh, and still, even with some of that, it was as they're working together and fighting off. Um, I forget their names out there in the desert. And it he's, was, and he's Well, he's going to, he's going to throw his wife into the Lazarus pit to bring her back to life, which is pretty damn twisted, but it's like, here's a, here's a grieving, he's a grieving man. There's mm-hmm. a grieving father and a grieving husband whose wife had gone insane and is dead, you know, who lost his son. 
and who's in another world or another reality where his son, he died, his, mm -hmm. his wife dies, his son lives and his son becomes what he is. Yeah. So, and he could possibly get it all back. So up to that point, even you're still, you don't know what to make of him, but I mean, he's got Bruce there and he's talking like the dialogue and stuff, all that's working. And it's until they start fighting and then it's kind of like, ah, damn. And then he gets even more twisted and then he becomes freaking villain. And so I just think that the core of, of the character in this run, like it works for me on like every single angle. Oh, yeah. It's just yeah, another great it's, strength. It's, it's fantastic. I, I like, like I said, there's, for me, there's not many in in my time of collecting and reading comic books since I was a kid. Um, I think it, it it's been a great age for Batman because mm -hmm. I think O'Neill and Adams really revived the character, mm -hmm. um, and the character that we read now is basically that character mm -hmm. that they that they that they got going and and i talked when i talked to denny o'neill and interviewed him to for for the book he mentioned that with a lot of pride he was very proud of the of of that idea that you know the batman that is today is the batman that he and neil kind of launched didn't create but uh, <laughs> re, re, relaunched you can say yeah. or got got back to because that batman that they did was taken Excellent, from great. bill finger <laughs> what bill finger originally did in 1939 sure, yeah. that that the, the, the original run when batman is by himself that solo run of batman and and they tweaked it and modernized it but basically, that's what we're that's the Batman we've got right now, um, for the most part. I know that every writer has their own interpretation and, and, and does it their own way, but um, it all offshoots from that. Mm -hmm. So that's that's why I kind of feel that, you know, Tom's place as and his run has a very for me has a very uh, honored place among there's not a lot of them. You know, I, I you know I named Adams and O'Neill and Englehart and Rogers um, and Frank Miller, uh, uh, Loeb and and uh, and Lee and and Grant Morrison and Grant Morrison also his if I'm sure you got you probably had this on your podcast you guys have talked about about his run and it's like his run went back to a lot of stuff that. You know, O'Neill and Adams did and went back to stuff even before that. You know, I mean, they took mm -hmm. a lot from from older stuff um, and, and it, it just worked really well because they got into a personal place of Bruce Wayne and Batman and they did it really well. And Tom did the same thing. He got in that personal space of Bruce Wayne and Batman. And I mean, he just. He, he knew the right buttons to push and because mm -hmm. he pushed buttons like we were just talking about with bringing in the flashpoint batman mm -hmm. the way he handled bane you know um bringing in all of these all of these characters also uh i mean i don't know if 
he didn't miss many characters, many villains. I don't think he got he got a little piece of almost all the villains and all of the Gotham characters in there. Gotham, the the most famous Gotham City characters in his run. Hmm. Yeah. The so we're knocking on an hour already, but I can't wrap anything up without us talking about um, Catwoman. Uh, I said that, that that second act to me of the wedding, not just the wedding issue, but for me, that kind of goes a few issues before to the gift, which is the Booster Gold story. Mm-hmm. Uh, you, which I didn't even think about it because I think it's so ingrained in our consciousness of stories now of, oh, what if you weren't here or or something? It's a wonderful life approach. Um that you mentioning it's a wonderful life becomes very oh yeah well of course obviously yeah it's it's a wonderful life brought to you by booster gold i think that story is bananas i think it's wonderfully illustrated it's unpredictable it's bizarre uh and it has such a great meaning to it you know in the end uh by what booster gold is wanting to do with good intentions uh, what the story that those three issues, the the arc, what it means, like what I think King was trying to say about it, the point he was trying to get across. Um, I think that that is a great arc. And then the two Joker issues after that, uh, I think are some of my favorite in the whole run. And it's it's kind of crazy, but I think it's just because of the conversation with Joker and Catwoman on the church floor. That basically sets up Catwoman to her decision at the end of issue 50. Uh, But there's so much back and forth there on the history of those two characters, you know, what is, um, when thing, they... and he, he got into stuff that I never I, I had not really thought about with those characters and it rang yeah. all rang very very true about about their relationship um, of course he carries all, carries that into the Batman Catwoman series that follows mm-hmm. and you know the one thing I did want to mention also was that um, he you get to see the death of Batman and it, He's has cancer, um, mm-hmm. and you get to see Batman and Catwoman together when they're older, um, which is a foreshadowing for what he was going to do. Uh, you know, Batman Catwoman was going to be part of his original run in Batman, so you know it was all going to go in that direction. Um, you know, you got that foreshadowing of where their relationship was and what 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 became of it and there's no doubt that the running theme and we've talked a lot about bane we talked about a lot about flashpoint batman but the main theme that's running through this is is the love between selena kyle and bruce wayne Mm -hmm. and i and I, don't I know. think and she's I... more. I think she's more of a noir character than he than than he is. In He's a in what ways? Kind of femme fatale. Mm, okay. Yeah, and I think we've never had 
I just don't think that we've had the Batman Catwoman relationship ever like it was in this uh, because they were both. I felt like they were both true to form. I thought she was very true to form. And while she was straight up a villain, you know, for a long time in comics, um, she started to toe that line more and almost be a little bit more of an antihero. You know, you could say the hush just before the hush storyline, uh, maybe even earlier than that. Well, because I do oh, know well, stories you, in the nineties that she was, they made well, her, if she you was read Ed Brubaker, If you read Ed Brubaker's Catwoman series, mm-hmm. um, she is an antihero. It's very, her, his, his run on, on Catwoman is very noir. Okay. Uh, and she is, she very much like what Tom, how Tom handled it. It's, it's this balance between, you know, um, she's got a dark side to her and but she she has certain people that she's loyal to and that she um will do anything for and sacrifice for um uh and but i don't think the relationship had ever been explored between bruce and selena the way tom did of course and i mean and and he's he made that the main i think that was the main theme running through the entire thing mm-hmm. yeah mean, i think it shame, was it's a shame that the whole thing about the wedding got really overblown the way it did um i was gonna, were you were you spoiled about the wedding because i don't know i which was, website it I, was. Read the, I read the new york times so okay <laughs> the new york times who spoiled it Okay, they were the ones who spoiled. I for, yeah. I didn't know who did. I just know that it was spoiled, so I tried to steer clear and then was able to read it um, unspoiled, which thankfully... What do you think of... Okay, so maybe you're... From what you can remember, what do you think of that wedding issue when you read it? Um, I... Uh... No, experience the fallout and I, and I thought yeah. and I thought what ends up happening was was perfect, especially in if you go through his entire run and read it to the end, because it's like, it's it all sense. being set up by Bane. Bane is, is manipulating all these people to say particular things to Selena so that she'll give him up mm-hmm. because she cares about him and loves him. And that's, and, and, and it gets back to the root of it all, which is a love story. Mm-hmm. So, you know, her friend Holly says stuff to him, like you were pointing out about the Joker saying stuff to her, um, you know, uh, that is like. And also the the whole idea of the gift, you know, too, you know, it's like if he doesn't exist. Here's what the world will be like, you know, he mm-hmm. has to exist. He has to be. He has to exist. Yeah. Um, and and it goes back to the flashpoint batman it's like you can't not make him not be batman mm-hmm. um he he has to exist he's bruce wayne first and foremost but he's also batman and batman has to exist and you've got all of these people trying to make batman not exist not exist um either through death or like giving up their giving it up and you know she understands him she's the one who understands him and she knows that he can't not be batman he has to remain batman she knows that because you'd think that she would want him to give that up if she's going to marry him but she knows him that's and that's what tom got across is how well she knew him how much she loved him 
that she didn't want to, that if this was going to make him stop being who he was and who Gotham needs him to be, then I, I shouldn't do this. Yeah, and then, I mean, quite an uproar, which I know you can't take everything on the internet at face value and stuff, but there was a lot of disappointment in the issue. But yeah, like you said, of there's still a lot of story left for Tom King to tell at that point. And now all of it collectively, like it, it works so good. And the, where the stories went. So as we, we said of cold days um, immediately after the, where he, you know, 12 angry men. And then after that is the, I mean, it's the great Matt Wagner illustrated issue. That's basically just a reflection on Bruce and Dick's relationship. And Dick knows that he's hurting and then that goes into the the KGB story where like talk about a holy shit moment is when Dick gets shot by KG Beast. Mm-hmm. And um Batman he's already at such a low point. And then his you know, it what would you say? Alfred then Selena and Dick on the same level of allies at that like that point or something, and then he's lost selena and now dick at the same time while he's at that level like the fallout from issue 50 it's just it served the story oh um, it's part of it really it well goes back to it goes back to part of his plan mm-hmm. i mean that was part of the plan i mean i'm sure that he had this whole thing outlined of how he was going to run how he was going to do this mm-hmm. and that's exactly how it was going to be and it all is like a cascading waterfall you know and it all of these events have an impact on one another that's what i liked it that's why i liked it so much because it's yeah. like i really appreciate great writing mm-hmm. and this was great writing okay that you know like i said he, he i'm sure he had this all planned out uh, he had it all out on you know and there are detours and bumps and in, in the road as you're writing things that come up that maybe change a little bit yeah but uh, in the end, you can understand where when the story ends, you can understand all of the things that go on before it. Mm-hmm. And yeah. that's that. That is what makes a great narrative, in my mind. Yep. A uh, couple questions as we can start to. A shout out for me is issue number seventy. Uh, the issue as a whole, that's the uh, following nightmares. And it's basically Batman breaking out of Arkham Asylum. I just think that that whole issue is full of so many badass moments. Yeah. Badass yeah. Batman moments, just kicking all villains' asses and stuff. Um, do you. Yeah, let's, let's put it. Let's, that's the other thing to, to bring up is that, you know, I know I talk about writing and great writing and, mm-hmm. and things like that, but Tom has plenty of kick ass moments in these stories. Yeah. There's illustrated plenty, oh my there's gosh a, there's plenty of this kind of stuff there's you you there's all great stories have to have a payoff you mm-hmm. have to have a payoff and he gives you plenty of payoffs and in my mind you know the reveal about the flashpoint batman is this great payoff you know and you know city of bane is this great payoff in the mm-hmm. end um, and what happens and how it all culminates. So, um, you know, you can have a great story and if it doesn't have a payoff in the end, 
you know, is going to just fall flat. So yep. it has a great payoff. I agree. Uh, can you possibly, I guess it can be more than one if you can't do it, but do you have like a favorite arc out of all of these? Um, ugh. It's hard. Yeah. 85 issues. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's very hard. I kind of had a feeling you'd ask me this and it was going to be really tough because um, the fall and the fallen um, really got me. Uh, yeah. I, I didn't see that coming. Uh, so it took me by surprise. Um, so, uh, but I do have to say that when I read um, the the Mister Freeze storyline, which was uh, Cold Days, right? Yeah. I think when I read that one, I and Lee Weeks' art is fantastic. Lee Weeks is just such a underappreciated artist. He is absolutely amazing, um, and not to take away from any of the artists who were on this run, you know, Jorge and and Mike and um, Michael and um, uh, Tony Daniel and uh, uh, Mitch did some really great issues. But um, that arc really, when I read that, I, I, I really love that. Um, and I don't know if it's my complete favorite, but it was the one that I read that I came away from saying, you know what, this is a really really great run of 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 batman mm -hmm. this is this is this is this holds up with the best that's ever been um so i came to that realization when i was reading that particular story arc and that came like you said that came right after the wedding issue mm -hmm. uh for me and i think this surprises a lot of people there's something about the rules of engagement that really works for me uh, where Batman and Selina head out to go see Talia. I, I just, because it's Batman out of his own, it's out of Gotham. Like, how can that be a favorite of mine? But there's something in, I think this is like a first glimpse that I had of Joel Jones's art. And I really, really liked it. Um, but I like the reasoning why they go there. They go there together, how they work in unison as a team. Um, I'm not a big fan of Damien, but Grant Morrison, I think one of the best things he did was the Batman and Robin book of building a Dick and Damien relationship. Mm -hmm. I think he did that perfectly. Um uh, King did it really good here of while Damien's waiting outside of the city and Dick finds him and sits and talks to him. It's like nobody can reach Damien except for Dick somehow uh, when done correctly. And I think Tom did that really good. And then, of course, like you've been talking payoffs. What's the payoff? Uh, Talia versus Catwoman. And Talia comes from the Al Ghul family, is not easily impressed. And I think by the end, she's impressed with Catwoman. So I just think that it's, and it's only three issues, but there's just something about that story. Uh, I've read it a lot. And when I've done like doing this re 
this reread, of course, it's like, oh, good, this is next, this is next. And as I'm ending War of Jokes and Riddles, I'm like, Rules of Engagement's next. It's just something about that story is a highlight for me. Yeah, no, it's 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 excellent. Um, and that that whole sword fight, that extended fight between yeah. Selena and Talia is is excellent between the exes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> or not the exes, but the ex and the mm-hmm. current uh, fiance and the ex. But um, uh, yeah, one other one that I would point out that we didn't really talk too much about with was uh, the KG Beast. Uh, uh, where he tracks he tracks him down. Um, I thought that was great with yeah. the Russian story uh, mm-hmm. that's running that's running through it. Um, so disturbing. A, a, a brilliant piece of writing. It is a brilliant piece of writing by Tom. Um, and that's it's okay. So I meant to look this up and I didn't. It, Tom created that story, or is that based no, on a real story? I asked him about that. My son and I were we were having we were eating dinner with him one night and. He, my son, asked him about that, and it's a real story. It's a it's real, a real it's a true Russian story. Yes. Okay. See, now that's just going to make me track it down. However horrifying that story is, but uh, learned about it in in Batman by Tom King. Now this is like a ridiculous question, mm. but we'll see if you have an answer for it. Uh, like a standout moment or part, and I know we've talked like hundreds of them. But when you think of Tom King's run and maybe something just springs to mind of, and I know that you've mentioned the flashpoint Batman standing behind, behind Bruce uh, in the one issue, maybe that's the moment or, or anything like that. That's, that's the moment for me. That's the moment. That, 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 that moment really took me by surprise. I didn't, I I didn't see it coming. I've read comic books a a long time. I have to say I'm, 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 I'm not young. And I've been reading comics a long time and it takes a lot to surprise me. Mm-hmm. I didn't see that coming. Yeah. I really, even though, and I had said, I saw that panel where he he's in the background and it's like, why didn't I see it then? Why didn't I understand it? And it just didn't register to me. Um, mm-hmm. And, but that, that is the moment that um, uh, it was, very much like the but you see it had a payoff mm-hmm. that has a payoff i'm going to compare it to what jeff Loeb and jim lee did in hush when jason todd appears at the end and he you think he's hush and that he's alive because the grave batman is digging for the grave for jason todd and it's empty there's no one in there and here pops Jason Todd and he's wearing the hush costume. Mm-hmm. And I remember reading that and feeling, holy shit, I didn't see this coming. I mm-hmm. and no one did, you know, no one did. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, they kept it hidden, they kept it quiet. No one did. But in the end, this isn't necessarily a criticism of it, but in the end, it's Clayface. It's not, yeah. it's not Jason Todd. It's just Clayface. Oh, you almost went all the way. You got close, but. but... <laughs> right. So, but, and the difference was that with Tom, that shock, that shock moment had mm-hmm. a payoff because the Flashpoint Batman had a very important role in the rest of this story. Mm-hmm. For me, it's almost just more of like the badass Batman moment. It does feel very 
Dark Knight Returns, but in the I Am Bane conclusion, as he's fighting Bane, uh, Batman's getting... Bane's doing his whole, you know, monologue, and Batman's getting up. And he says, you know how many times I've heard that? Rest in peace, Batman. There's no escape, Batman. Time to die, Batman. Every night, over and over and over, for so many years. This is the end, Batman. Every damn night. And yet, I'm still here. And it's just panels, and I'm showing you, but it's just panels of him just slowly getting up. There's just kind of something about that that stands out to me Mm -hmm. uh, in this run. And that falls into more of like the just pure, it's just badass Batman. But it's just, I don't know, there's something just great about that that even makes you be like, ah, you know, like, um, I don't know. Give me a good moment like that in every Batman story that TV show, movie, comic, um, just need one of those Batman moments because that's just a yeah. Batman moment. You're yeah, like, he, damn right, it, it, it's Batman. It 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 delivers, you know. Um, he he also you know incorporates plenty of history in there. You know, there's he has that he has those a couple of times where he flashes back to Batman number one mm-hmm. with the Batman and the cat. She's the cat. Yeah, and they show that, and he he goes through. He also shows, and this is along with his the artists who worked on it, um, you know, Catwoman's different costumes. And um, so there's, there's a lot in this, in this run. There's a lot. I mean, there's a lot of issues. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of stories within the larger story, but that what's great is, is that there is this large, larger story that goes on. And that make when you're, when you're done reading it, it, all of it from the first issue makes sense now it all it all the narrative makes sense and um but he there's a lot going on there's so yeah. much going on um and uh there's so many characters he's thrown so many things in there and it's a good writer who can kind of juggle a lot of stuff and still make it a continuous narrative that works and yeah. To be honest, uh, you know, I, I read Batman. Uh, I'm still mm-hmm. re- I still read Batman, and I read Detective Comics. And you know, some of it is good, some of it is not that great. But to be honest, uh, I haven't I haven't had anything that's that that reaches what he's 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 done. It just mm-hmm. it, it as soon as I started reading it, it clicked with me. Um, uh, and it that's only happened, like I said several times in my entire time and batman's my favorite character and mm-hmm. it's only happened i don't know five six times ever that i've i've, I've read uh a writer's work that really i for me uh mm-hmm. captured the character that sounds like a great summary of your final thoughts on tom king's batman run did you happen to leave anything out or you think that's a good, no, I, that's I, a I good think, summary. I, I think, I think <laughs> we pretty much, we pretty much hit on everything. Um, uh, so I don't know. Yeah. I, I don't know how many more Batman stories he's got in him. I think he's done. We'll Just see. when you think they're out. I know I'm not, I wasn't trying to quote Godfather part three, but I guess anytime you start to say that, <laughs> just when you think that Tom King's done, he'll be like, Hey, you got a new, Got a new one because I thought maybe Killing Time was going to be it, and then you did the one bad day Riddler. Killing Time is based on a noir, also. Of course. 
course it is. Why not? Which I thought that was a brilliant story too. It was we great. Big fans. It was a great high story, and it's mm-hmm. you know he 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 was definitely he was influenced by by two noirs, by two famous noirs. Clocked so. into his inner Doctor Manhattan to tell that story. I thought <laughs> it's this day, then it's this day, this time. That um, is straight out of this the the noir that I'm talking about. The killing, the narration, okay. the way he yeah. wrote the narration comes from the movie, the Stanley Kubrick film, The Killing. Oh, the Kubrick, The Killing. Okay, hey, there's one I've seen. Excellent, great. Well, uh, this has been a treat. I knew it was going to be a daunting task, um, but I was up for the challenge because it it got me excited that I was going to reread this entire run. Um, I didn't know how you and I would cover it and not take up nine hours, but I think we did an <laughs> admirable job. Um, no, so, well, th- th- you know, thanks for having me on and, and making me course. go ahead and kind of go through all the stuff because it was like, I was able to kind of relive and it's like how much I really liked it, you know, and it's still what a chore, right? <laughs> yeah. No, yeah. Really. It's a labor of love. Uh, yeah, exactly. Um, and, uh, made me realize this, this stuff is really, really good. And it's yeah, it it is. really, really well. The first time I've read it all the does, way through. What it does <laughs> is it, 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 it makes me realize that there's, there's a lot of comic books that are not that great out there. He's created uh, for comic book readers. And I feel like this is what creators would aspire to. Um, name recognizability and i don't know whether the opinions are good or bad it's known tom king's batman run is known um and as someone as someone who knows him i can also say he's a damn good guy too he's a good good guy well then that's good uh there's a hero to meet okay meet your heroes tom king's one that will disappoint you heard it from michael cronenberg he guarantees you will not be disappointed if you meet tom king because he's a great artist (laughs) <laughs> we've seen if you look him up on twitter you see his his sketches when he <laughs> at conventions um yeah michael thank you so much for coming back on uh this was a a good time just like the last time was a good time um if if you'd like people to follow you plug anything uh, have at it uh you can follow me on twitter at mw cronenberg k-r-o-n-e-n-b-e-r-g uh I am the graphic designer for the Film Noir Foundation. I also work for Tomorrow's Publishing. Uh, I do some writing for them. I design uh, covers for Back Issue Magazine um, and design books for them and book covers for them. Um, I have a semi-regular podcast with my son called The Cronenberg Chronicles, which Tom has been on. He's been a guest on a couple of times. and uh yeah if you follow me on twitter you'll see me post stuff i like comic books movies sports sports yes yes i am unfortunately a diehard jets fan (laughs) i am in mourning Um, for a time being this season it wasn't a bad thing and then unfortunately it started it started well and it ended very badly also i'm a boxing fan and i publish my own boxing magazine called ringside seat Awesome. So you can find that on the internet also. There you go. Give him a follow on the Twitter. You won't be disappointed. As for the Batman Book Club, you can follow on Twitter and Instagram at the Batman BC for latest episode drops, upcoming episodes, sometimes some giveaways. 
Uh, make sure to subscribe to the YouTube channel, the Batman Book Club, where Pete and I are doing The Road to No Man's Land. That's continuing. Some of those are going to be coming out this month. Uh, we're getting a little crazy and we're going to try and do two this month. So pay attention to that. If you want to support the show, there's a variety of ways you can do it. Patreon.com slash the Batman BC. Uh, go to T Public, type in TBBC for the Batman Book Club uh, for t shirts or notepads or onesies for your little ones. It's all available there. But if you want to support the show and you don't want to spend any money at all, it's 100% A OK. The easiest, quickest, and most impactful thing that you can do is rate and review the show wherever you listen to it. So whether it's Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon, Google, iHeartRadio, wherever, just go to the rate and review page, rate and review the show, because the more reviews the show gets, the more it helps spread the word. And as we all know, the word is panic. So for Michael Cronenberg, I am Ryan Lauer. And until next time, read my Batman comics.